Welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today is Friday, August 28th, 2020. Today is the fifth and final day of Yoga Week. I hope you've enjoyed the yoga podcast each day. I know I have. Today's podcast is a special one. I'm joined by Kira Fox, who is my daughter and has been a certified yoga instructor since the age of 15. She is now about to start her second year of college and she continues to practice and teach yoga. We talk about her road to yoga, what it's like being a yoga instructor at such a young age, and also how she has used yoga to volunteer her time to help others. I'm obviously super proud of her, and I'm sure you will really like what she has to say. Now, the podcast with Kira is actually the first podcast I ever recorded. We recorded this nearly nine months ago on January 15th, 2020, pre-corona. When I was planning for the start of this podcast, I had to test out our new equipment. So I asked Kira to come by so we could test the microphones, the soundboard, whatever. So she came over one night in the winter after school. Neither of us prepared at all. We ended up talking for close to an hour about yoga, her life, and what kind of volunteer work she's been doing. This recording is our first take. I've been holding on to it since January, waiting for the right time to drop it. And I'm really excited to introduce all of you to Kira Fox. Thanks for listening today and for listening all week. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. I'm here with Kira Fox, who happens to be my daughter, who's going to be podcasting today with us to talk about yoga. Hello, Kira. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell everyone about yourself. How old are you? What are you doing right now in life? What's going on? I'm 20 years old. I'm in Barnard. I'm a freshman. Right now I'm on vacation. And I uh, plan on studying psychology. And I practice yoga and I'm a yoga teacher. That's fantastic. So I actually knew all of that information. <laughs> I am a, I'm, I'm a good father, so I knew all that, but that was just for our listeners. So Kira, tell us, you got certified as a yoga instructor when? When I was 15. When you were 15. Wow. So it's been over five years already now. Yes. And tell us about that. What brought you to that decision? Because that's pretty young to be a yoga instructor, right? Yes. So when I was young as a child and before high school, I was a competitive gymnast, and I loved gymnastics. It was a big part of my life. I'm sure you remember. Oh, I remember um, very, very, very much, very well. When I was going into high school, I was sort of done with gymnastics, but I wanted to do something else because I was so invested and involved with gymnastics. I wanted to exert that somewhere else, preferably somewhere active, but something that would be good for my body and my mom your wife. Yes, I know her too. Uh, she was very into yoga and she got me into yoga. So I began with beginner classes and I met a teacher who's still my teacher who I love. And I just started practicing yoga, not with the intention of becoming a teacher. My freshman year of high school, I practiced yoga and then I wanted to learn more about it and maybe wanted to teach, especially teaching kids. So I signed up to participate in the teacher training, which is 200 hours the summer going into 10th grade. And it was a 200 hour teaching teacher training in the city at Pure Yoga. And I learned a lot about yoga and I learned about teaching and 
that's when I decided I really wanted to teach. Right. So this was the summer after freshman year of high school. Yes. So you would turn 15 when you're a freshman and you're in class in the summer. And as I recall, it was 200 hours, which was basically, I think, was it five weeks for 40 hours? Yes. Something it like was, eight hours a day. It started at 8 a.m. and ended at 6 p.m. Oh, Monday. so no. It's, it was, I think it was, yes, yeah, so it was 10 hours. So it was 50 hours a week for four weeks. Yes. Monday through Friday. Which is, which is pretty intense. Yeah. It was called an intensive summer program because usually it's spread over the course of a year, but it was spread over the course of a month. In this class, tell me about the, the makeup of the people in the class with you. So it's you, you're a 15-year-old uh, finishing freshman year. And who was in the class with I you? I was by far the youngest. It was all women. It's not exclusive just to women, but my group, the students were all women. How many were there? I think there are about 20. Okay, so 20 people pretty much together all day for a month. Yes. So it's like camp other than sleepover. Yeah. I think the person who was closest to me in age may have been 18 or 19. And there's a lot of just no one over the age of 60, but the average age is between we're in the 30s, probably. And I met a lot of interesting people, people who I would have never met or hung out with in the summer. And it was a really good experience. I remember that you were saying that Everyone there is talking about, you know, their kids or yeah. their jobs. And you're talking about driver's ed yeah, and chemistry final. Yeah, I'm talking final. about like tests and school. And now I wasn't even driving yet. And they were all talking about kids. And some of them had kids that were my age. And it was just really funny because I was just at such a different point in life. But they really were respectful. And it it was cool. I right. was their young. I was the youngest person who did that program at the studio, Pure Yoga. Right. I mean, at 15, it's it's unusual yeah. to see 15-year-old <laughs> yoga instructor. So when you're doing it, how does it work? Like when you start to be a yoga teacher, do you have to start at a certain level or can anybody just hop into teacher training? How does it really work with that? Anyone could hop into teacher training. They don't test you based on your skills or hours of practicing. Any Anyone could join as long as you're committed and you show up every day and you do the work and you kind of commit to doing the program you don't have to be doing a headstand or you don't have to even be so familiar with the practice i was only practicing for one year and i joined and you could join at any level right and i think what a lot of people don't realize is yoga instructors themselves have varying levels of skill or how advanced they are yes. some yoga instructors have been doing it for 50 years and are, you know, unbelievable experts and others basically just did a teacher training and they may be very good teachers and may run a very good practice, but that doesn't mean that they themselves have advanced maneuvers, which is nice because it's, it's not always this feeling like, oh, I'm so awful and the teacher is so awesome. Sometimes you're at, at a similar level. They're just guiding you. Yeah. So the skills, my skill as a teacher versus my skill as a practitioner are very different. Being a good, in quotes, good at yoga it doesn't help with being a good teacher. It's very different. When I'm teaching, I have a different mindset because it's not it's not about my practice. It's about feeling the students' levels and suiting them. So it's it's a very different experience when you're teaching versus when you're practicing. Right. It's interesting. I have the same thing with medicine because there are some people who can be great doctors but aren't very good at teaching people things. And others can be fantastic teachers, but can even not be practicing medicine anymore. They could be retired, or maybe they're not so good at something skill-wise. They're different skill sets. Obviously, you need a knowledge base. You need to know what you're talking about in yoga, but you don't have to be an expert practitioner in order to be a great teacher and vice versa. 
you can be an expert practitioner and not be a very good teacher and enjoy going to classes. Yeah. When I try to kind of improve my teaching and the people who I look up to are, I don't really even think about their practice. I think about if they teach a good class. So if I want to learn from teachers, I learn from teachers who teach a good class, not from teachers who have, it's nice if they have a good practice, but it's not really relevant. And so when you were there, what kind of things do they do on a day-to-day basis for 10 hours a day? So they started with a short flow, pretty basic, like I think like all levels, it was suitable to everyone, some sun salutations. And then we would have, we had a schedule. So we were aware of what we were doing that day. So some days were anatomy days where we learned about the anatomy, which I found very interesting. Sometimes we were learning about like the philosophy of yoga and the history. We started with the history of yoga. And then towards the end, towards the last few weeks, we learned more about teaching a class and more about adjusting, which I found the mo- which I actually found the most interesting, learning about adjustments and learning about how when to- When you ad- say adjustments, you mean how to physically how to help physically, someone get into a pose. Yes, how to physically adjust students into poses. That was more towards the end after we learned about the anatomy and after we learned about the- philosophy and the history. We also, every Friday, I believe, we we had a teacher who came in as like a guest who would kind of present their style of yoga. So we had one week in Ashtanga, which I didn't know then that I would be so into currently. I'm now into Ashtanga, which is only recent for me, but that was an example of a Friday special. We also had yin yoga. We also had like restorative yoga. So we got a taste of different types of yoga. And we learned some Sanskrit. I did not did not stick with me so well. Sanskrit is not my strong suit. Some of the training involved chanting, which didn't stick with me either, but it was very interesting learning about it and learning just kind of getting comfortable with things you're not usually so comfortable with. Which is actually something that's part of the philosophy of yoga in general is sort of getting balance and getting yeah, comfort you, you with various own... situations and, and having things that are difficult for you and how to cope with that because with the poses and it's with like life that there's some things you just know you are not yet able to do, but you keep working towards it. And that's what it, it's why it's called practice. Yeah. So I, there's things that weren't necessarily my favorite, but they, I needed them. And it was so interesting to get exposed to all these different types of just teachings that I don't think you can get unless you do one of these programs. And people even entered the program knowing they weren't going to teach after. They just wanted to learn more about the practice and what they were doing, I guess. Right. And it's also important, like when you're when you're learning the adjustments and the pos- proper positions for the poses, these have been done in a certain way for a long time. And if you start veering from them and doing it a little bit incorrectly, you can actually get hurt. And so yeah, part of the adjustments sure. is making sure that someone's doing it properly so that their joints are aligned and they don't get in a position where they could hurt their back or their knee or their neck. It's not a very dangerous sport, obviously, yeah. yoga. It's not high impact. But if you do things incorrectly, you could possibly twist something or fall. And so it's important that the teacher has training and how to actually help you. And that's even if you don't have an injury. And sometimes people come to yeah. classes with injuries and you have to modify because of that. Yeah. So since it was a 200 hour and the most basic sort of training. We didn't learn so much about specific injuries. We learned a few, we learned a, more than a few of modifications for let's say a knee injury or shoulder injury, but something that I would f- probably find more in, like interesting in the future is to learn about more specific types of injuries and how to approach 
like a private lesson with that person instead of just adjust instead of modifying for just one pose if the person wanted to use yoga to help their injury that would be sort of something i could see myself wanting to pursue because one of your teachers one of your mentors teacher, yeah, she's yes. a physical therapist my, now so yoga is very therapeutic for the body so the more you know the more you can help and it's really cool yeah my good my teacher who i've had since the first year i've been doing yoga she trella trella she's great everyone in my family knows her she's she's basically my family she went into physical therapy and is using is going to be using yoga as a physical therapist and it's just it's very interesting and i get to kind of hear secondhand from her what the cool things she learned that day and just in general right trella's definitely Trella's um, special yeah Trella's when, when, when when kira's in our home trella's in our home <laughs> if kira comes with trella attached it's uh it's a wonderful thing and then after you graduated or i don't know if it's called graduation after you've completed your training and your uh, instructor over the course of the year, you're a sophomore in high school, and you had opportunity to teach some classes and do some private lessons around the, the neighborhood. Since I was only 15, I was, I was very lucky. I didn't have the pressure to make yoga into a lucrative career as other of the women in the training did. So I began teaching community classes, and it was an amazing experience and way to practice teaching without the pressure of not being amazing because it was you you get better teaching from practicing teaching. Right. And explain so, what are the community classes. So community classes, we held it in my aunt's attic. And anyone is welcome to come. It's a free one-hour yoga class. It was an open level vinyasa class. And it was typical yoga class, but it was it was free and it was great for me because I got experience in teaching a class. And I did a couple of those. And then I also did private lessons where I would go to people's homes and teach them or them in a sibling or them in a spouse and teach a one-hour class catered towards them, which is also a great experience in learning how to adjust your plan. You get to just base it on that one person. So Right. It's more it's more individualized. It, it is when individualized. You're, when you're, yeah. So I got the chance to both teach community classes, even at I taught two community classes at this studio called Real Hot Yoga, which was in a hot yoga room, which is yoga that's in a room that's about 100 degrees, which was great experience because I also got to teach in a hot yoga space, which is, it's just, it changes it up. And I also taught children. I taught some of my dad's patients who were pregnant, which was really that was also a great learning experience, and it was super fun. I volunteered. Right, they still call me. They're still I love like, them. they're like, where's Kira? Great. Where's Kira? Even after they had their babies, still. <laughs> we, need, we need Kira. It's um, <laughs> it's it's for yoga teachers when you teach a class, it's it's somewhat regimented, meaning the teacher yeah. comes in and says, "All right, I have a I, plan. Yeah, I, have a, Usually, yeah. I mean, it could change, right? But with a private, yeah, it's totally separate. And you know, it's a when it's a class, you come, you know, what music you're playing, you sort of know, is it sixty yeah. minutes? Is it seventy five minutes? Here's what we're gonna do. Here's our flow, and you may do it. Some teachers do it always the same. Some teachers do it differently, but it's individualized. Again, someone says, I want to do inversions or I want to do uh, stuff related to my lower body or I want to do planking. And so you have to be more adaptive and you got to experience it both. And again, at a, at, at a really at a young age. And then the next summer, so when you were 16, yes. after your sophomore year, you did advanced training. I did an additional 100-hour teacher training, again, through Pure Yoga in the City. 
it was a mentorship training. And I had my mentor, Lauren Taus. That's your, that's your other person. <laughs> incredible, incredible person. And this training was, it was like every single thing I learned was so perfect for me. And I loved it because you choose a mentor and then you get to, you get to adjust in their classes. So the program goes on for about three months and there's a few main parts. So one is you get to adjust that your mentor in her classes or his classes. And an, another thing you got to do is you got to teach a community class at Pure Yoga weekly. Every Sunday. Which is, it's really a unique opportunity. And then three, you get to meet with your teacher and they give you points and you can you can come with them to other classes. Sometimes I would sub for Lauren in a random class in the city if she needed. But I'll go back to what it means to adjust a class. So it would be kind of an assistant who walks around the room and physically adjusts people and their poses and modifies for them. And it's, you really, you get two things out of it. First, you, you get to experience their class without taking it. So you really are just focusing on the teaching aspect. And two, you are getting hands-on experience and adjusting. And it's easier to adjust when you're not teaching. So you get to just practice adjusting. It was pretty cool. I remember that summer so well. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday, uh, my wife and I, Michal and I would go to the city with Kira. We would go to Pure Yoga, take the class. community class. And there were people, people came. Who came not only did people come, people came every week. I so had there, my regulars. Yeah, there were some people who came because they said, well, that's pretty cool. Kira's doing it or yeah, friends of ours. <laughs> and so, which is nice, but there were people, just randoms, people lived yeah. in the community and, and they're the classes, I think, are either free or very inexpensive. Yeah, and you don't yeah. have to be a member to come right. to the so, classes. Right, so yeah, so non-members came in. There were people who came every week, yeah. and you got to work on your your Dharma talks. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. why I also chose Lauren. <laughs> Lauren is very inspiring, and I could, I don't always connect to teachers' talks in the beginning. Right, the Dharma talk is I, like the little, it's like the little lesson of life that the yeah. yoga teacher says at the beginning, and it's a little... It was a little startling to have a 16-year-old yeah. so giving I, a lesson in life. In my classes now, to be honest, I don't usually give a Dharma talk. I will always have a moment to set an intention for the class, but I don't feel like I'm at a place to Dharma talk anyone because, you know, I'm 20 and there's like people who actually probably have much more to teach about life than me. But it was a good experience to have to do and be uncomfortable with doing it, but still doing it anyways. Right. And, and you have remarkable taste in yoga music, I will oh, say. Oh, that was a really fun part about becoming a teacher, getting to pick your own playlist and liking every single song, liking the... That was fun as a young girl, being able to bring in some cool music. Right. I've been in classes where the music is awesome, and I've been in classes where the music is literally a distraction to me because I'm like, oh my God, what are they playing? Yeah, I remember it's I so spent hours baking my playlist perfect and I it was so fun. That paid was, off. That was awesome music. It was I I, I, I remember the playlist. It. I yeah. still love it. And that that's something I don't really get to do with privates because privates are so different. They don't run like a class. But when I teach a class, I love picking the music before and I, the music also helps me. I, I know when to start winding down based on the music. So it's something that's a really good tool for teachers. Sometimes students one time I asked, I had a student who asked for no music and it, w it was actually hard for me because I didn't have that marker in my head of when to. Right. What, what the cue is sort of what yeah. time it is in the class. And, I'm, and I'm like, I, how do people just listen to my voice all day? Right. And, and most yoga studios don't have clocks in the rooms, so yeah. you can't really see what's Some going do, on. But still, the song still like, they help. And I also remember that summer, you're, 
I don't remember, is that summer or a different summer where you did like rooftop yoga? Yeah, you so did all these cool things. So, because Lauren was, is like hooked up with everybody. Yeah, so she knows Lauren everyone. Is very, yeah, Lauren's amazing. And of course, I'm still in touch with her. She's she's my mentor. So she had all these opportunities that I, I got to sub for her or I got to watch her classes and and I got to listen to her insight and she was able to give me feedback about my classes. And I that summer, I went on her yoga t- retreat in Costa Rica with my mom, which was super fun. And I remember I got to teach one class there. And it was one of my favorite classes I've ever taught ever. It was such a, because I knew the people and everyone was so, everyone was just so open to me teaching them. And it was just great vibes, as they would say. Right. And you all had the shared experience of having the, the, the bugs. sleeping with the bugs in your room. <laughs> and Which is, by the way, bugs in the room is not a good thing for the women of my family. No. They are not happy with and bugs. And I was even better than my mom. I am the chief exterminator at our house. And then through Lauren's retreat, I also met a woman who was involved in Lululemon, the clothing line brand. And she liked my class and she, we got along and she, I didn't even know she worked for Lululemon, but she gave me this opportunity to be in coming up in, in that fall of 2016 to be teacher of the month in one of the Lululemon locations, which was another great opportunity and experience where for a month, every week, I taught a community class in the Lululemon store. So they moved all their clothing to the side and they had, it was free to the public random New York people, New York City residents came and I, I got totally a, forgotten about that. Oh my it God. It was amazing. I and I got that. a that teach was, yeah. class for every Sunday for a month at Lululemon, which I love Lululemon. So. Right. Yeah. Lululemon is- And they is, gave me some yeah. gifts, which is pretty nice, but it was really cool how they've transformed the store into studios. And they actually, another experience I had with Lauren was in Times Square where she was running the Airy, which is a clothing line brand. They had the Yoga Soliste, Solis. It's like the longest day in the summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the so they of, had in, in Times Square yoga just on the on the ground. And I got to be a demonstrator for Lauren when she taught. And that was also so cool. And recently, actually, last year in Bryant Park, Lauren taught a class and I got to adjust and I got to assist kind of like old times. And it's, I love these types of classes because it's just people, so many different types of people who come and they're just so happy to be there and everyone's at a different level, but everyone's moving together. And it's just such good, like, it's just a really nice vibe of yoga, healing and people coming together for yoga. Yeah, the yogis are a good community. When I get to be a part of those things, it's just amazing. Like to see, especially in New York, when you think everyone's so cold and Everyone hates each other and everyone's angry. <laughs> Sometimes people, they take off their shoes. They're on the floor doing yoga in the park. It's No one's on their phones. It's it's special. It's an interesting community, the yoga very community. I um Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had forgotten about that. But I remember the, the Lululemon thing was so cool. I mean, Lululemon is like the mothership for the yoga community. For yoga uh, attire. And then they would just like clear out the store and put mats all over the and place. Free. And it's yeah, first and come, people, first serve. people would not... show up. Yeah. And it was, I remember that. And it really opened up so many opportunities for you. Just that, that decision to start practicing yoga and to become a teacher really opened up like yeah. so many cool things for you. And I'm sure when you applied to college, it was unique to have yeah, someone as a so yoga instructor. I, and Lauren actually wrote you a letter of recommendation. Yes. She's an alum. So another big passion of mine is volunteering. And 
what is really special about my being a teacher, being able to use that skill in volunteering. So I found it really, actually, I was able to give back with my yoga because as a teenager, you don't have that many skills. Like you're not, you don't have a profession. You don't have any, you're not a doctor. You can't really give in so many ways besides giving your time. But I was able to provide something that could, because since yoga is so healing, I was able to provide something so healing for others. That was my, that was really when I got to use yoga for good. Right. I definitely want to talk about that because I mean, Kira's my daughter. So obviously I, I love you. I love Kira and I think you're the best and I would (laughs) always, you know, I'm on your team, but objectively I can say that Kira's just so impressive and is one of the reasons that there's like hope in this world is because there's people like Kira who are growing up and people like me who are moving out. But what Kira was able to do with her yoga is really find ways to give to other people specifically to yoga. So I know that Kira mentioned she would, you know, teach some of my pregnant patients, you know, some yoga, but also then it, it really moved on to families who needed someone. So these are families who are struggling and Kira go to their homes after you got a driver's license. Yeah, that you'd was be great. Like, like, Once I got a you'd, car. Yeah, you'd be yoga on wheels. So t- <laughs> yeah. I mean, tell me about, for example, like with Friendship Circle, yeah. what Friendship Circle so is and what you did. So it started actually with Kula for Karma, which is an organization that provides yoga to in places that can need it. For example, they have yoga in hospitals. They have yoga in homeless homes. And I was really interested in one of their programs called Youth at Risk. So I got involved in teaching kids in an impoverished area in Patterson, New Jersey, in a public school in a summer, like they had a camp in the summer. There was no air. It was very, and most of them spoke Spanish as their main language, but you can teach yoga without knowing a language. It was a great, it was like an eye opener. So I would teach there. I think I taught once a week or twice a week to these children. And I, it was the first time that I really felt that what I was doing mattered because the children, I've never met, I've never experienced teaching children who we're just genuinely grateful. And I like, I'm like, oh my, I'm so happy I get to even teach them. And I remember in the beginning with kids, it's different. I'm, I'm not going to be like set an intention for your practice today. I would go around and I would do an exercise, usually saying something you're thankful for or saying something you're excited about. And I remember I would start, I didn't want to be too, I didn't want it to be about me and I didn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or trigger anything. So I would say something really simple like I'm thankful for my ponytail holding my hair back or I'm thankful for the band-aid covering my cut because I these not all these kids had great families or homes. I couldn't say I'm thankful for my house. So and I would just listen and one kid would say I'm thankful for my shirt. Another kid would say I'm thankful for my mom. Another kid I'm thankful for my dog. No one was saying I'm thankful for my toys. I went, it was meaningful and one kid said I'm thankful for this yoga. And that really touched my heart because for a kid to even express that, it was it was really meaningful. Right. And to get that kind of positive reinforcement yeah. for something you're doing when you're when you're a teenager yeah. is really impressive. Because like you said, most of the time when you're volunteering as a teenager and it's wonderful, usually it's, you know, what can you do? You can visit someone or, or you can spend time or play with someone or maybe do a volunteer to, you know, help clean up a park or do something like that. But this is really you're you're participating in their lives in a very uh, meaningful level and it's very rewarding. And so you had that program and then what was yeah. one of the, the next so, ones you and did? And then throughout the year, there's this organization called Friendship Circle, which is an amazing organization that helps families with kids with disabilities of various types of disabilities. 
And Wait, a these, lot- are bo- these are both physical disabilities as well as uh, intellectual oh, as well- disabilities, yes, as well as developmental. Dis- yeah. Yes. Sorry. My role was that I would go to homes with families, with children with disabilities, and usually not teaching the children, but you never realize how much, or you do realize, but how much a family goes through, even if they're not the ones with the disability. They don't have the time to go to a yoga class. They don't even, not, a lot of times their siblings get sort of neglected because a lot of the time is focused on caring for the child with disability. So these programs help the whole family and the child with disabilities. So my role was sort of being a service for the family. So I would go to these, I would go to the house, the homes of these families and I would give the parents or maybe a sibling and the parents or whatever they needed an hour of yoga focused on them for free at their whenever, whatever time worked for them. And it was special because these parents certainly did not have the time to go to a yoga studio and take a yoga class. Like they have a lot on their plate. So for me, even to help in a minor way was something incredible and something that I was so like fortunate to be able to do because you, everyone wants to help and being able to actually help is something like I can't take for granted because it's just a skill that I was lucky enough to have. It's fantastic. And I think that also sort of led you to what you started doing over the summers. Yes. I don't remember the exact order, but I went to Israel for one summer in a children's home for children who were either, well, they were all neglected. So they were either abandoned or they were forced out of their homes due to abuse or due to alcoholism or or substance abuse. So all these kids had a rough life. And I remember I started offering yoga to them. I was I was not there for yoga. I was there as a counselor. And I remember that I, I wanted to use, if they wanted, and this was in Israel, so it would also be in another language. But if they wanted yoga as one of their activities, I would like it's something I could do it I would be more than happy to and I remember I did it and it was just the kids it was they've never had it before and it was something so exciting for them and it was really a highlight of my summer and I continued sort of doing that my my I took a gap year before college and I went to a children's home like the one I did in the summer for a year half of it was learning half of it was volunteering and I started offering again a yoga class like the one I did that summer for these types of children. And it was so therapeutic to them and they got attention. And it was something that I can't really put into words, but it was actually a way to bond with them and a way to connect with them in a way that they enjoyed. So I wasn't asking them questions about their families. I wasn't I wasn't in, like intruding their space. I was offering an activity that they may want to they may have wanted to do. And we did a lot of fun things like games, a lot of inversions, because that's what these kids liked. And I felt like I connected to them and formed relationships even without speaking about their lives because providing them just an outlet to relax and an outlet to exercise, it was something really important. And I was happy that I was able to contribute. Yes. I mean, it's great for them to, you know, helps relax their mind. It helps take their mind off things. It is physical, gives them activity. It gives them a a way to bond with you and another person. And again, yoga is a a universal type of activity. You can go to a yoga class in any country in the world and you're going to be doing the same types of things. And even if you don't speak the language, you know what they're doing. You see the the positions, the moves, and you can do it. Yeah, it's a lot of like pointing like this there. Yeah. And then also I always, kids are always, a lot of kids are like, 
but I'm not good. Like, I'm like, there's no such thing. First of all, I've seen it all. There's no way you're not good. And I don't like, yoga shouldn't make anyone feel bad about themselves. So I never want to make it about you're good, you're bad, your right leg's good, your left leg's bad. Everyone's good. Some people are more flexible in one way, but they're less flexible in another way. Some people are better at breathing. Some people are better at just, it's not about good or bad. So I like to show kids that it's it's just something fun they can do and it shouldn't be something pressuring. They shouldn't have to close their eyes and hold a pose for 10 minutes. They shouldn't have to feel like, oh, they can't do the inversion. They can't do it. I just like to make them feel good about themselves. And when you get that child to smile and feel proud about like I'm thinking about it in my mind, specific kids, and you just get them to feel good about themselves, like it's so worth it. And it feels good for them. So it's a it gives them a sense of like something they're proud of that they did. And I, I like to make it like special for them. And and you're still in touch with these kids. Yeah. And I like I remember I visit I just visited the home and they're like, oh, you were the girl who did yoga with us. So even <laughs> girls who weren't yoga it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice that you can help. And pr- that's what I love helping through yoga. That's what I wrote my college essay about. <laughs> right. I, I, I know. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I, I must have read it 400 times. Yeah. But it was so I people ask me, oh, that's such a good thing you did for college. I'm like. When I was 15, I was not thinking about college. So I think I was lucky I started it before people started doing things for college because then it would have gotten to me and I don't know. But I did yoga purely just to do it. Right. I you did it when we were thinking about going to high school. Yeah. So it, it, I was lucky to have done it before that stage where, ooh, should I do this for college? Because I think that would have defeated the purpose of yoga. That would not have been very yoga-like. It would not. And no. I'm, I'm happy when I That would be a shame it, to the yoga the community. Obviously, like it's a it's a bonus in life when you have those things, but to do it just because you love it or to do it just because you have a general interest in it is something that is like it's valuable. Right. And then yoga, I know that for the the last in the past two summers, you did one more experience at Camp Simcha, right? Oh, yeah. So for Camp Simcha, it's a Simcha, it's a camp run by an organization called High Lifeline, which I'm very involved with and very close with. They provide services to families with kids struggling with cancer and other chronic and diseases and illnesses. And they have a camp, a free a free camp for campers to come and sleep. It's a two-week program. And I've been lucky to be, have been a, a staff member there for the past two summers. And in the morning, the second year I was a counselor, did not, we didn't have, the, I didn't have the time ability to do yoga really. But The first summer when I was a waitress and when I was a specialty staff in the morning, I would offer yoga to staff members and anyone who wanted a obviously free, who wanted just a yoga class before their day of working with their campers because yoga is good for everyone. And it was people in long skirts doing yoga and the kids had obviously tons of activities, but it was nice to offer something to the staff. So before their day, they can have like their own time to themselves and time to keep themselves healthy and keep their minds well. And so it was nice to be able to give back in that way too. Right. I also want to talk about- Oh, yeah. And I didn't formally do yoga in camp, but I did do yoga with some girls and one girl in specific who I saw her this year and she was like, we didn't do yoga this summer together. And it reminded me of, I did one yoga class with her two summers ago and she still remembers it. She is an adorable girl. She was in a, she's in a wheelchair and we got her out of her wheelchair 
we put her on the floor and we were doing yoga and she kept on asking me if I'm a real yoga teacher or this. And it was so incredible. I've, we were doing yoga on the floor. We were doing some upper dogs. We were doing, then we did some stretches. It was so special to me. And it was so cool that she remembered it too. She remembered that one time we did yoga when her counselor was packing her stuff because it's hard to pack things. So I was just helping in any way. And that one time we did yoga, she still remembers. And It's also nice because so much of her life is defined by what she can't do. Yeah. And then here, these are all the things she yeah, can do. Yeah, so that's do. what camp is about. There's, I could be a adver- walking advertisement for this camp. They live, they have the ropes course where anyone go on the ropes course. They have the pool, which is my favorite thing to see where anyone, even in wheelchairs or people are swimming. It's, that's the whole that's the whole like mission of the camp. Everyone is able to do everything. It's amazing. Now, the what I wanted to to shift to in terms of yoga, because obviously this has been so much about how you got to where you are. But so you know this obviously, but in our family, yoga is pretty big. So uh, so Kira is obviously an instructor and practices regularly and is doing all these volunteer works. Her mother, uh, my wife, is now does Ashtanga yoga, which Kira mentioned before. She's way more committed than me. Yeah, she, she goes every day. She does basically five or six days a week, and she's the first one in the studio, and she's went on retreats, and she went to meet the, the, the Ashtanga gurus she's in legit. Chicago. Yeah, she is definitely legit <laughs> uh, when it comes to that. And I started doing yoga Probably around the same time you started doing it, I think I started going to a class at Pure. I joined, and so I now go once or twice a week. Uh, obviously, did all of your classes first, just because I was your father. But then, yeah, because I was doing yoga. My groupies, they come. Yeah, we're with devotees, me and this also comes into sort of where I am as a as a doctor for women's health and for pregnant women. I want to talk a little bit just about the benefits of yoga that you see in your own life, and also for the people that you help with their practice. So for me, I know physically yeah. I love it because it's it's difficult when you're doing it, but when you're done, you feel, you know, you get a good workout. Um, it could be more relaxing. It doesn't yeah, have to be Yeah, sometimes I workout. give more restorative class, but still it has those benefits because you're stretching. So physically, like you said, there's tons of benefits, especially even it's beneficial for people who don't exercise at all and are just doing yoga. And it's beneficial for people who run and do weights and have a it's like a good balance because it strengthens your muscles and it also really stretches them in a healthy way. So I see a physical benefit for sure because the body it really opens up the body and people it feels good. Right. I hang out with a bunch of guys who work out all the time and they'll tell me sometimes about these classes they take that are full body conditioning with weights and cowbells and planking and it sounds awesome. And I tell them that I get the same type of workout with some of my yoga classes and they can't believe it. And yeah. I said, some of the classes that I'm done, I'm sweating. I am just beat. It's really hard. And other classes are much more meditative and you know restorative and more med- relaxing. And, and there's everything in between. So there's yeah. different types of classes. So if someone maybe feels like they're not in good shape or they're not so flexible, there's definitely classes that can get you to that point. Or for people who are you know, really hardcore athletes and work out. There are yoga classes that are so physically demanding. Yeah. That's what hard. I love about yoga because yoga is sport, but also a practice and a way of life that you can do forever. Right. Like my Safta, my grandma's doing, Safta does yoga. My dad's mother does That's yoga. That's right. Yes. And shout, shout out and to my mom. I've been doing yoga forever. So, and it's something that there's so many different types. There's, there's chair yoga. There's 
there's standing yoga, there's just meditation. So yoga has such a wide range of ability and levels and opportunities that really, if you want to do yoga, you can. Right. And I think all all forms of exercise have a benefit mentally, yes. right? Either just, you know, you feel A, you feel accomplished. B, there's that physiologic idea that when you get those endorphins, you actually feel yeah, better. Yeah, you know that. You're the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you know, you sort of do feel better. Also, it does improve just sort of in general, you know, your blood pressure, your pulse, all yeah. those things are better. But also there's that real mental aspect of yoga that it it is, uh, part of it is about calming the mind. Yeah. Part of it is about understanding how to handle struggles and challenges. And, you know, some of it can be a little kooky, you know, about, you know, about, about being one with your mat and yeah, referring, to, you know, referring to the ground like as to the earth. I like to make it practical. Yeah. But a lot of it is real, this idea that, you sure. know, what, what does it mean? Like balance, balance, the physical balance that you actually have to balance on one leg. But then this idea of balance in your life and these things are, it's, it's, it's true itself. And it's also a metaphor for how we yeah. function in the world. So when I teach kids, and even in my own practice, the, the ch more challenging aspect to yoga as I'm going to, me and kids as myself included, is the part about staying still and the part about breathing and being calm. That has always been the harder part for me and the more challenging part for me about yoga because it's it's a big part of yoga and it's really good to practice to kind of be able to regulate your body and calm yourself. And at the end, especially when I teach kids, at the end of the class, I always give them a I give them a little, like, I tell them, we're going to pick one song. I usually have, like, a song that they would like from, like, a relaxing song from a Disney movie or something. And I said, and I say that we're going to lay down. You could keep your eyes closed or open, or you can, like, keep your legs crossed. But we're going to lay down and stay still until the song ends. And I tell them, this is the hardest part. Like, this is the hardest part. But, and they all do it. And it's so cool to watch them do that challenging part of yoga. And that's what makes yoga different. But it's something that I see. I'm like very surprised. Like sometimes I'll do it with them because if I'm not doing it, they won't do it. But sometimes I'll like lift my head up to see if anyone's just like if everyone left or if whatever, <laughs> but they're there. And I remember I did this in classrooms. I've taught at my sister's school, Solomon Schechter, and I would do this at the end. And the teacher said it had a great benefit for the rest of their day, just yoga. So I have a very busy day and work day and when I'm in my yoga class or any exercise, obviously, I think I, it gets my yeah, head out of it. But at the end of yoga, when we end with the, the shavasana, you're in bliss. so you're, you know, you're basically the, the lights are off in the room. You're lying flat, just on a little quarter inch rubber mat on the floor, <laughs> no pillow, no nothing. You're lying there on your back, palms up. And those one to five minutes of complete silence and peace and just breathing is so lovely my only problem is I usually fall asleep. And so I would <laughs> so say, yeah. So comfortable. Yeah, not, you would never yeah. think lying on the floor without like anything is not comfortable. It's the most comfortable thing ever. It really is. You think that you need this fancy bed and pillows and literally just that one quarter inch yeah. of, of mat and lying flat on your back and looking up. And uh, my problem is I, I can't enjoy it because I'm usually asleep. And um, <laughs> So I never, yeah. <laughs> I fell asleep once in my life during that. I think I was sick. I think I had fever. So like, of course I fell asleep. Yes. I don't know if I'd be so great at pure meditation because I'd probably be out cold every single time. I just, it's it's wonderful. And so where do you see yourself with yoga in the future? So I'm I'm excited. I'm actually curious to know this uh, <laughs> as, as a father. Okay, just so let me know. I always knew that yoga was not going to be my only career. But it was always something I want to continue. So in college, I taught at a club, like a yoga club. 
and I pl- I'm going to be teaching at the Barner Gym. So that's in my near future. It's awesome. And I'm thinking they're going to give us free tuition now because of that. Yeah. Is that right? That the whole thing? Maybe no? they'll give us free access to the gym. Yeah. Maybe. Right. <laughs> she, she gets free laundry. Laundry <laughs> for all those who are applying we'll to colleges, free, Barnard, you get free, free, free laundry for your tuition dollars. You get free laundry. Yeah, I, I don't know, know if they're going to reimburse you in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're going to pay me even. Yeah. I like to volunteer with, I like to mix in yoga and volunteering, my two favorite things, my two passions. And I'm working on creating a more official way to volunteer in this, in my city of Inglewood and in, in New York and being able to offer my services and a wide range of places. So I was thinking maybe homeless shelters or maybe with city workers and doing it before they go to work or just because it's so therapeutic and, and it's it's just a really good thing for people to have in their life. So I'm like starting to work on a way to make it more established and official to be able to kind of just reach out to certain organizations or homes and be like, hey, like if you want to teach, if you want me to teach, because like, I would love to make it more official. I think that's fantastic. And then hopefully one day getting hired by a studio would be amazing. But I have so much time. I have a lot of time. Right. And life. it's also something. And soon yeah. I'll be like, like in only five years, I could say I'm 10 years experience. It's true. And I'll be like young, continuing to do privates, continuing. I love when people come and ask me about yoga and questions, even though I know nothing about like anything, because I know no, I know nothing about the studios now because everything changes and but I, still, I think you know more than you than you let on I don't know a lot this. about the studios in right. specific because right. now I am I'm pretty much like one of those yoga snobs who goes to one place and has one teacher but I like it's nice when people come to me to ask questions I love giving people short like if they if they have like a back pain and I could help them a little bit and give them a stretch right but I hope so in the future to answer your question making the volunteering more official unified and able to do it that's in great. an organized way and working at a studio, hopefully. Right. And also one of the nice things about being a yoga instructor is you can be an instructor for your whole life and it doesn't mean it's your career. Yeah, right? you can be a, you can training be, again yeah, one you day can to do, learn more because yeah. you can never know too much. And you can also, you can have a job and do this uh, yeah, it's periodically, a great, I mean, you know, it's in the a great, mornings or in weekends or whatever. It's a great way to make money too if you want to, like just private. Right. I lo- it's, like, it's like a fun way. It's it's fun. You're interacting with people and you're helping them. So when you make money, it's like a it's like a fun job. Right. It's pretty cool. Except when some, sometimes it's not so fun, but like <laughs> usually it's fun. Yeah, but you get to choose. I mean, who yeah. you work. I I recommend yoga pretty much to everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I loved teaching pregnant women because I did we did have a class on it in my first training and I had notes from it and I went back to it and I remembered and then I, I just read some stuff online and stuff. And like, it was so cool being able to teach someone who was so pregnant. Like people were like eight months pregnant and they're, it's, it's, it feels good for them. And there's a lot of poses they can do. Right. And there's actually, there's actually a fair there's amount of data on this. There's more that they can do. There's much less that they can't do than can do. Correct. I generally tell women who are pregnant or are, who either are considering yoga or already practice yoga is the only thing I really tell them to watch out for is don't do anything that hurts, obviously. Or lie in your stomach. Right. Don't do anything you can't physically do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, never yeah. try new things. <laughs> right. There's no I, yeah. go, there's no new headstands going on with pregnant right. women. I generally tell them not to do inversions and headstands only because their balance could be off and they can fall. Now, someone who's like a real, real expert and knows that they'll be fine. The lady has, next to me today was pregnant in right. yoga. <laughs> or has someone spotting them. That's okay. And I also tell them to be careful about hot rooms because you're more likely to pass out 
when, yeah. you're, when you're pregnant. So I don't not, even like yeah. hot yoga so much. Yeah. Honestly. It's not it's not undoable if you're pregnant, but it's definitely something I would I wouldn't try unless you really know it's going to be okay. And the poses, twisting is fine. You know, you can do yeah, the, the wheel. You can the do trick these is things. kind of widening your stance. So, in let's say in normal practice, you have your feet together and you're standing up. For a pregnant woman, I found it like if you just widen the stance, if your feet are not together, they're right. a little wider. It's always it's much more a little more balanced. Yeah, that's what has worked and just that also being with poses you're like instead of having your your feet both like in the same line being in the center of the mat you could have one foot go towards the outer edge of the mat and another foot go to the other out of your outer edge of your mat. right to you give you mean? some more like yeah. width yeah in your pose you yeah that makes a lot of sense and you kind of learn as you go along right and i love when my when when my pregnant patients talk to me, we'll talk about yoga and we'll talk about different teachers or different places and different, you know, poses. And it's, it's the fact that I do it has been so helpful for me yeah. to help women who are doing this because so many are, and yeah, I, can, so I can talk, you know, a little more uh, informed about what exactly they're doing. Even as just a person who practices yoga, when I'm teaching a lot of the cues I give and a lot of the kind of like, tricks I give are from my practice. I'll be like, when I'm practicing, this is what helps me. It's a very universal practice and you can just connect with people just based on your practice. You don't have to be a teacher to connect with someone through yoga. That's fantastic. Kira, I love this. This is great. Uh, <laughs> Thanks it's, for it's, interviewing it's, me. It's so nice we're having Kira Fox on, on the podcast here. <laughs> a helpful woman. Kira is awesome. Yeah. She's not awesome only because she's my daughter, but she's reasons. awesome maybe despite <laughs> being my daughter. And or in spite of being my daughter. <laughs> and this is wonderful. And again, I, I agree that yoga is great for, for everybody. And I recommend it for, for women as a part of a healthful lifestyle. For pregnant women, it's certainly an option. It's a great option uh, in pregnancy. Uh, some people need some modifications, but generally it's okay. And if you have any questions, obviously you could shoot us an email. I can even forward it to Kira if you need, if yes. you want a specific for her. And great, we'll see you out on the, uh, on the yoga mat. Namaste, Namaste. everyone. Namaste, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.